Blog Talk Radio. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo. come on. from Hollywood, California. Yes, Hollywood is the area that God has sent me to, and I am broadcasting live. And if you'd like to call in, you will just either go to the number that's shown with one eight zero five two nine two zero three three eight, and then just push 1, or you can go on the chat session, and I will be able to um, look at your question and talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. Tonight's broadcast, we're talking about reluctancy or rebellion. Have you ever had God tell you to do something and you were reluctant? Did you do it, or were you rebellious? I'm continuing in my talk from my book, Be Made Whole, and I'd like to share with you my reluctancy and what that is, my rebellion, yeah, my eventually repentance over and over again, and my ultimate obedience to God's voice. I just want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is a journey, and it's an amazing journey. It is a journey where When you call yourself a Christian, you are following Christ. And in following Christ, you are partaking of everything pretty much he went through here on earth. Um, But it is something that I wouldn't trade the world for. He has brought me a mighty long way. So let's start tonight. Let's talk about reluctance. Being reluctant, oh my goodness, when I was looking this word up, reluctant means to hesitate, Um, not eager, unwilling, offering resistance, yeah, it's the Latin, it means to resist, yeah, hesitate, and um, was a lot of times reluctant in a lot of things that God was telling me to do. Once I started knowing his voice, and sometimes his voice would come through another individual, it would come through an impression, it would come through sometimes the TV, someone would say something, and I just knew God was speaking to me. And um, I hesitated because at first I really thought I was hesitating because I really wanted to know 
God's will. I didn't want to just, you know, just do what I wanted to do. I wanted to do what he wanted me to do. So my heart was right. So I was kind of hesitating to make sure because I wasn't too sure. And then, you know, it says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So when I started hearing it over and over again, I just said, okay, well, I guess, God, you want me to do this. Um, But then there were times where I would do something because it wasn't that that difficult. I would hesitate maybe not feeling that, um, how can I say it, feeling, not feeling really um, adequate, but doing it anyway. But then God was asking me to do some things that I really didn't want to do. And I really believe it's a heart issue, and that is called rebellion. When God tells you to do something and you don't do it. Um, I was looking up different quotes from rebellion, and I looked at this one from uh, George MacDonald. He said, the root of all rebellion, it is because we are not enough to thee to partake of thy liberty that we want a liberty of our own different from thine. Ah, yeah, meaning we want to do things the way we want to do it. And we think, well, God really doesn't know us, and, you know, we know ourselves better than that. It's kind of dangerous territory when we start doing that. Um, Rebellion from the scripture is as the sin of witchcraft. And witchcraft is anything that's trying to control another person or another thing by manipulation or even... um, well, it's a thing of control, and God says, no, you're not to do that. And stubbornness, which is like reluctancy, is as iniquity and idolatry. Idolatry is meaning to have an idol to worship. Idolatry can be a thing. It could be a person. It could be everything except for God. And God said, I will have no gods before me. And that's when we put whatever we want to be as an idol in front of God. And it says in the word, Samuel fifteen twenty three, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. And he was talking about um, Saul, because Saul had was given instructions, and he wanted to do his thing, his way, whatever he wanted to do. He felt he was king, and he could do whatever. But yeah, he was king, but you know, <laughs> the Lord is king of kings, meaning he has to be obedient to the king of kings. So um, he didn't do that. So it was a lesson to all of us. The scriptures were are made to be read so that we can learn how to live on this earth and try not to make the same mistakes, um, people in the Bible. So it really is there for our benefit. It says in Hebrews 3, 5, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion in the days of trial in the wilderness. See, when you say no to God, you're hardening your heart. 
Um, one of the things that came up when I started thinking of examples, because, yes, I've had examples um, throughout my journey with the Lord. In, in my book, um, Be Made Whole, it, I talked about one of my um, times when I was rebellious, and this is when the Lord told me to go to France. Now, see, I had already gone to France before, and um, I thought that was going to be a vacation, but it wound up being my first mission trip. Now, two years later, in the summer of 1998, he tells me to go back to France. And I didn't understand his command because um, I, I kept wrestling with what the Lord kept pressing upon me, which was Proverbs 3, 5, which says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I knew that God wanted me to go, but I really didn't want to go back. I kept telling him, I already went. What, what do I need to go back for? So in that, I literally was like Jonah. I ended up in the belly of, of the whale because I would not travel to Nineveh or do what God instructed him to do, like he um, he instructed um, Jonah to do. And my whale was the fact that I started getting really sick. I started having situations happening to me that shouldn't happen. And I just got to the point that I couldn't take it anymore. I knew people were thinking, man, you're having a lot of bad luck. But I knew in my heart I was rebellious. I knew that I was not following what God wanted me to do. So I dropped down to my knees in the middle of my living room, and I cried and I cried and I cried. And on the floor, I repented. I said, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I'll go to France. But, Lord, just show me this is really you speaking to me, that you really want me to go back to France. And within an hour, my phone rang, and it was a minister that I had ministered with two years prior, and he was in France, and he said, Bonjour, Kathy. And he said, So when are you coming to France? See, the Lord had already spoken to him and said to call me. And so I went, but there was a trial and a test for me because I had to go. And at that time, a lot of things started happening where it was closing up the doors, but yet I heard God's voice and he was going to, he was testing me saying, are you going to go or are you going to see the circumstances and back down? Well, I had already been taken to the woodshed and I did not want to go back. So I went and I, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when I went, I did not know how I was going to uh, where I was going to stay because all the doors had closed up. I didn't know what I was going to do. All I knew was I was supposed to be in France and walk the land and proclaim God's kingdom come in France. And I had a non-refundable airline ticket for two weeks and $200. When I did, through fear and trembling, say, yes, Lord, I'm going regardless, it was then that he allowed um, the ministers that, had, that I could not reach for a couple of uh, weeks prior to this. He called and said that he was in Paris. I said I was, before, I was flying into Paris the next day. We met, and that night I spoke at a church. And later on that evening when I went to sleep, I was dreaming in French. I do not have the command of the French language like that. 
And when I woke up, I was speaking fluent French. I was understanding everything everybody was saying to me, and I was speaking to them for one full day. God is a God of miracles, and he's a God that shows signs and wonders. He wants obedience. Well, you think after all that I would still not be rebellious. Well, as time went on, God had to- told me about writing this book, which I had told you about in previous um, broadcasts, and I remember that the one major incident that happened, I was going to Denver, and um, this is where I, the Lord had divinely connected me with now a very um, strong woman of God who is a mentor to me and has been. Um, she actually lives out here in California. I did not know her, but God knew that he had to put her in my life because of where I was. I was at a crossroads. I had written the first part of the, the book. I had struggled with that. I Fear had came. The enemy had came. I was still being rebellious, but yet I then succumbed and said, okay, Lord, I'll write this book. And now I try to get it published. And at that time, I was getting rejection left and right. Well, I went out to... Um, Denver, and I belong to an organization of Christian leaders bringing my manuscript, wanting to get a publishing house to publish it that would deal with the miraculous, the supernatural, the mnemonic activity, and things like that. And on this particular publisher was there, so I had put all, I was going to put all my cold eggs in, in the basket, and I went there. And I met with the publisher, and because I did not have a 10,000 following, he said they weren't interested. Well, let me back up a little bit. I was going to be there for four days, and I had told the organization I would like a roommate. Well, this pastor at the time, she was a pastor, had called me and said that she would like to be my roommate, but she was going to show up the next morning. So I said it's okay. So now getting back to the story, I go up into my room after meeting with the publisher and I am angry. Because see guys, I'm going to be real. Because this is the real world we live in and this is real things that are happening. And I was mad. I was mad at God. I just said, you know what? Here, here's your book. You told me to write it to get it published. Oh, I know you're all sitting there going, woo. But that's the truth. Well, needless to say, I didn't sleep well that night, but I was not repenting. I was mad. I was like, this is it. But see, God knew where I was at, and he knew what had to happen next. I didn't. Well, the next morning, I was going to go and get an airline ticket and get out of there, go back home, forget everything, and I'm just going to do my own thing. Well, the next morning, I hear a knock on the door, and I said, oh, I forgot this lady I'm meeting. She, she's coming here. I said, oh, I'll just tell her um, she can have the room for the couple of days I'm leaving. Well, no sooner did I open up the door that she took my hands, held them up, rebuked Satan off of me, and told me to get down before the Lord and repent. How dare you tell him that you are not going to do what he tells you to do? He, and she said, the father says, don't abort, don't abort, 
don't abort what I've put inside you. I was crying and crying and crying. I was fearing God. I was fearing this woman. I didn't know what was going on. But all I knew was God was shaking me to my core. And I got in bed, and I just was crying and crying and crying. Well, she left. So I see God's dealing with you. And she went on. And then later on she came back, and she said, oh, I've got some water for you. And I went, you brought me water. And she started laughing, saying, oh, God's still dealing with you. See, ladies and gentlemen, yes, he was dealing with me because I was really, really very, I was in a dangerous territory. And he just stopped me in my tracks. So later on when I was pretty much composed but still not knowing who this person was, we got to talking. And so I had mentioned about my children and I had said, oh, yeah, they're, you know, kind of rebellious and doing different things. She stopped me in my tracks and she said, they're rebellious. How dare you talk about their rebellion when you're rebellious? And that was it. I was a hypocrite. It didn't even dawn on me that I was hypocritical. But God was showing me something. And then she told me, she said, God has need of you. Grow up. That's when I decided this this is something that God is calling me to. I want to please him. I, I didn't know it was that serious. But it it hit me when he said, God needs me. And I just made a decision from that weekend that I was going to follow him. I'm going to read something from the Bible. I want to um, read about the fig tree because, you know, the fig tree is very, very important. Important. We have heard about the, how Jesus came across the fig tree, but let's listen to this again based on rebellion and how that is very important in the kingdom. Because in kingdoms, when you're in a kingdom, like when Great Britain had their kingdom and they had all these different um, countries that they took over and you had to follow exactly what the king or queen said, to go against a king or a queen is considered treason. And treason, you're executed. Um, Thank God, God is merciful. He gives us many, many chances. But one day I was... um, talking with another fellow woman minister and we were, and all of a sudden it just came out of me about how we can keep doing things and doing things and doing things our way and thinking we're getting away with it and getting away with it. And I just looked up at this tree and I said, but you know what, just like Jesus came along and he saw this fig tree and the fig tree wasn't bearing fruit, he cursed it. And I said, you know what? Jesus said, if you're not producing, then come on on. Just come on home. And I said, how many have we, how many people have said, no, no, I'm not going to do what you want me to do, God. No, I fear man. I'm not going to say this. No, I'm not going to do this. No, no, no. And then we hear that they've gone on to be with the Lord. Could it be that they made a decision? Because death is the final thing, and Jesus overcame death, and we're living forever. 
So we're just going to be with the Father. But could it be that if you don't bear fruit and you're here and you're and people see that you're not doing what God's doing, saying, and they hear it, that maybe, maybe it's just time for you to go? I don't know. I just that that passage really started meaning something different. So let's look at that. Mark eleven, Mark eleven, verse eleven, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around about upon all things, and now the eventide has come, he went out into Bethany with the twelve. And all and on the morrow when they were come from Bethany he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came. If happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it he found nothing but leaves. For the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto him, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves? Jesus spoke of a parable in Luke 13:6, saying, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereof and found none. And said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I have come seeking fruit of this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumber it to the ground? And he answered, said, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, if not, then after that shall it cut it down. I started seeing the scripture differently. One of the things that I just want to say, and if anybody um, wants to speak to me and talk is that I just pray right now and I just come before the Father. Father, I just come before you. Father, if anyone's listening to this broadcast and they are struggling, whether it's their flesh or whether it's from the enemy, to telling them not to do what you've told them to do, Let them be shaken to the core, Lord, because you are a merciful God. But you said that you are pleased when we have faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please you. You said obedience is better than sacrifice. Father, when we are obedient, It may feel like a struggle at the time, but when we do what you've asked us to do and we look back, we are so glad we did it because we see the wisdom that you have and we see the good things you want for us to have and we see that it stopped something that maybe would not have been stopped if we had been in disobedience. 
So, Father, I thank you right now that everybody listening to the sound of my voice will, if they have been told to do something, that they will repent. And those who are reluctant or hesitating will say, okay, Father, I really don't understand, but please let me know. Let me know what I need to do. So, Father, I thank you that you hear. You said the scepter is always extended. And I just bring those people to you right now. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you that you have told me what to say. You said bring up the figs. You said about figs. At first I thought you wanted me to eat figs, which I like figs, but I also know you wanted me to talk about the fig tree and talk about the revelation from that. Proverbs 17, 11, and thank you, Father. I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Proverbs 17, 11 says, an evil man seeks only rebellion. And the consequence later, it says, if you teach rebellion, this year you sh- it just talks about, you know, very severe consequences of teaching rebellion. I hope this has helped you. I hope that you will write to me or um, continue listening. It's been a pleasure. This is something that God has told me to do. I'm hoping to get better at it and and um, just do his will because that's what I want to do is please the Father. So I'd like to, in the remaining time, give you the ironic prayer and it's something that um, I share even in ministry with one-on-one but definitely here I like to um, share the ironic prayer and I will see you next time Shalom Yevarechecha Adonai v'yishmerecha Yair Adonai panav elecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panav elecha v'yasem lecha shalom The Lord bless you and keep you The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! You in your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo.
Long way. That's why we love you. Come on. 